0: at LoveIsrael.org. That's one word, LoveIsrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: We all know that we are commanded to worship God, and a very significant part of worship is praising God. In fact, one of the best-known Hebrew words, hallelujah, means just that, to praise the Lord. And within Judaism, for times of holidays and new months, there is a group of psalms that we read to celebrate these special days. And we call this group of psalms Hillel, which is simply the Hebrew word for praise because these psalms are full of praise. And we're going to look at one of them today, Psalm 117 so i invite you to take out your bibles and look there to that rather short verse of scripture only two verses comprise this entire psalm psalm 117. now these verses are very well known in judaism because we don't uh simply read them but we sing them and there's a joyful melody that accompanies these words And it's known by almost every Jewish person. So look with me to that portion of Scripture, Psalm 117. Now, it begins, as other Psalms do, with a commandment, a commandment to praise the Lord. And that's literally what it says, Hallelujah, et Hashem, praise the Lord. And this word for praise involves giving adoration to it is a word of public expression one that testifies that our god the one true god the god of israel is great and therefore let me ask you a question and that is how have you demonstrated today to god and publicly that you believe that god is a god worthy of praise you were created initially and you were born again that is regenerated saved through the grace of god and we're going to see god's grace works in our life to accomplish many things one of which is to lead us to praise god so those who have received grace we are going to be committed to praising the lord so look again at this psalm psalm 117 verse 1 praise the lord and notice how inclusive it is it says ko goyim we can understand this as all gentiles all nations it's a word that does not exclude anyone because even israel at unique times is called a goy so praise the lord all peoples all nations all of humanity and this simply goes back to what i've just said that god created humanity both jew and gentile to worship him to demonstrate praise unto him now we do that through words that we say but also we are called to live a praiseworthy life that means not only in word but but there's an emphasis on actions deeds works are we saved by what we do no we're saved by what messiah did in our behalf we receive that with thanksgiving we receive it by faith recognizing that through his work upon the cross on passover that god's grace becomes available and God's grace brings a very specific change into that person. God's grace causes us to be born again, to become a new man, new woman, regenerated, whereby we are going to our new nature, we are going to submit to God and will do so joyfully. We have been reborn in order to obey God and that truth cannot be set aside it cannot be ignored that's what salvation produces salvation produces obedience and I'm amazed at how many times people will criticize that God's grace leads to obedience it's a simple biblical truth and we're going to see grace in a moment but look at the end of a verse verse one where it says ha Now, umim is similar to goyim. They're both plural, but we have simply the word for nations, goyim, in the first part of verse 1. And we have the word for um, meaning a people group. We're talking about, and this word can also relate to nations. It's parallel to one another. Goyim and we're speaking here about all of humanity so we have parallelism praise and then we have another word that speaks about praising god two different words but a very similar meaning and all of this does in verse one is to tell us how important praising god is glorifying God, worshiping God is, and all people are commanded to do just that. One says, praise the Lord. The other says, praise Him, all peoples. Look now to verse, verse 2. Now, i would mentioned grace and the reason for that. We're going to see that grace is going to be brought into this psalm in this verse, the last verse, verse 2, where it says, Ki Gavar we know the name Gabriel Gabriel is comprised of two words one for power or might and El meaning God so Gavriel that angel he came in the power the might the strength of God and usually Gavriel is seen in the scripture for a saving purpose god's power is used in order to bring things into his will there's that connection between salvation and the will of god so we see here ki gavar which means for and the implication is god has done mighty things and he has done mighty things look at the next word alenu upon us so god has made mighty upon us and what's the next word chasto his grace now I realize that Bibles translate this in a variety of different ways but it's best this word chesed here it's chasto his grace this word is best understood in the English language with the translation grace we see that grace is a powerful word that's related to the righteousness of God and of course the righteousness of god is related to the will of god and the will of god is where we find the blessings of god the promises of god god's faithfulness meaning this if you are outside god's will don't experience don't expect to experience god's faithfulness he's forever faithful but when we're outside of god's will his faithfulness is going to be placed upon you with discipline with punishment and when we're experiencing that we we don't think about oh god's punishment he's showing me his faithfulness he is but but that's not what we want to experience therefore that discipline that punishment is good because god is giving you a sound indication you're not where you need to be so we want to experience his will because it's only in his will that we can praise him properly so he says here for mighty upon us is his grace and i shared with you a few weeks ago that we see a tendency for two words to go together in in the biblical testimony the word grace and usually not far after that we'll find the word truth why is that because god's grace will lead us into god's truth mark that down learn that god's grace always leads me into his truth so we see here that god will act mightily upon us by putting forth to us his grace and the truth of the lord is forever now that's what it says leolam but again remember that that word forever olam can mean all of space meaning the world all of time meaning forever but this word olam is also a word that has kingdom implications so god's grace works in our life to bring us into kingdom truth that's how we should see this so God's grace produces in us the ability to discern kingdom truth and without God's grace the kingdom of God is going to be something that that you may have heard about but you don't understand you can't discern it it's truth is not going to be something that you can comprehend so God's grace is necessary to give us that perspective of kingdom truth And notice how we end once more. It began, hallelujah, and now we end, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now, what we can see here is this. When we are recipients of God's grace, God's grace is going to bring us into his truth. There's an inherent relationship between the truth of God and the will of God. And when we are in and experiencing the will of God, the natural outcome is going to be praising the Lord. Now, before we wrap up, I want to share with you a very important principle, and that is this. How excited are you to praise God? We can say that differently. How much does worship give you enthusiasm, enthusiasm, enthusiastic are you in other words enthusiastic to worship god now i say that for a reason because god's grace is going to work in your life and you will have enthusiasm for worship that is the check that is the verification that you have received his grace because a truth is going to be manifested and that is this through being saved Being a recipient of God's grace, grace saves us. His truth is going to be manifested in our life, and we are going to become an instrument whereby we desire to worship God. We become an instrument of worship, a vessel of worship. So our new nature, we've been regenerated, wonderful. The Holy Spirit's in us, yes, He is. How do we manifest that? with a strong commitment to worship God and therefore I will say this if you are uninterested in worshiping God you have to question have I truly been saved because when you're saved you begin to experience God his presence enters into your life through the indwelling Holy Spirit God moves And you will experience god's counsel his guidance god's truth will bring you into righteousness and your life is going to change it's going to become an exciting life you are going to be set forth on a spiritual adventure and as you serve god you are going to experience the faithfulness of god you are going to see god moving meeting needs you're going to experience his supernatural provision And life is going to become exciting different we who are saved and my hope and my belief is that includes you you can testify you're on a spiritual journey an adventure and you don't go alone you walk with god and there's a cloud of witnesses surrounding you that are sharing in that same pursuit and those same experiences which gives us the wonderful opportunity to come together, to assemble together in order that we might worship him collectively. Remember what the scripture says. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. What's the primary purpose of that assembly? To bear forth worship publicly, to testify to others, worship is a priority of your life. So I'll end with this. Is worship truly the priority of your life? If you have been born again, it must be. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org.